0: Hello everyone inside today's Locked On Canadians the Habs and Sens are renewing their rivalry. We're going to talk about who should be on the top line with Nick Suzuki, what are the standings going to look like and preview the game, all that and more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 920 of Locked on Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you get your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you are watching us on YouTube in video form as well. Thank you for subscribing. We are very, very close to 3,000 subscribers, which means something horrific will be eaten by me on this show because I both love you and apparently despise myself which is a very weird thing that i should talk to my therapist about at some point but (laughs) it is not just me on this podcast i'm joined as always by my wonderful co-host the active stick laura saba and laura wednesday we are recording this tuesday night wednesday night is have sends or as i like to call it just don't go on twitter night uh in, in recent years anyways
1: i um This is the dawn, I guess, of the Michael Anlauer era, and we're going to talk a little bit about that again in the third segment. Um, I'm very curious to see tomorrow night's game from a fan perspective, because I think the Ottawa Senators believe they are much closer to contending um, than they actually are. But I could be wrong. I could be proven wrong. But it's going to be really interesting to see what kinds of lineups they play in the preseason, how they approach it, uh, what prospects they prioritize or favor, favor um, and what they plan to do it with, their, with their regular season roster. And for me, I just want to make sure that there are no shenanigans. I know the Ottawa-Montreal rivalry it literally is synonymous with shenanigans. I'm not I'm I'm not about that in the preseason. To be honest, I'm not about that in even the in the playoffs. If you want to do it on a regular night on a Tuesday in February or whatever, that's completely different. But like I don't want injuries in the preseason. I don't want people taking unnecessary risks in the preseason. I do want to see our jack eye. um you know uh I can I can't say the word a dude. Um uh, in um in like on the ice, but you know I I can live without that if only it means that the Canadians will be in better shape to start the season. Like there's nothing that I want less than an Ottawa Senator to get away with injuring a Montreal Canadian on, on tonight's game.
0: And that's the thing is like Ottawa and Toronto have played a couple of games this preseason already, which they've escaped mostly without major incident in them. And it's like you is my, my key to the game is this is just nobody get hurt. You know, I Jack, I played Monday they have two more games after this, including a back to back Friday and Saturday. I don't know if the Canadians are going to dress their biggest, toughest lineup every single night here. And nor do I think they should because it's preseason. You can't just roll out like a self defense lineup in a game here. You need to be able to analyze players. And if something if something crosses a line there, you know, it'll be repaid in kind. You know, Canadians fans, don't forget, Canadians players recently have not forgotten about things. And my thing with this game is that I look at this as the big folks is, okay, goaltending again. I assume we will see Jake Allen. I assume we, I assume we will see Caden Primo in this game because we saw Dobish and Montembeau on Monday. I assume we'll see Mike Matheson, we'll see David Savard, we'll see some of these other young guys. I can't wait to potentially see Jaden Struble in this game here. I'm really excited about that. He played really well this preseason. I'm looking at what some of these younger guys or people fighting for spots are going to be doing. What can Emil Heineman do in this game? What can uh, Rafael harvey Pinard do? Can he continue that trend there? What can... A, a player who needs to have a good showing, like Joel Armia needs to have a good showing. His spot is not guaranteed in this lineup. Uh, what can Tanner Pearson do in this lineup? We know how good Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are. We still want to see them, you know, kind of getting into a rhythm here. And we will talk a little bit about that in our next segment. But I think out of everything, I'm finding myself most excited to kind of see what Tanner Pearson, to see what Kirby Doc or Sean Monahan some of those returning faces from last year who were impressive before the injuries hit uh, coming back in here. And I, I particularly Sean Monaghan, who I thought was so good up until he got that foot or groin injury, whatever it was uh, on the West coast road trip early in the season. I thought Sean Monahan was playing great and I'm excited to see them back out on the ice. And I'm very excited to watch Jaden Struble play Uh and, and, an NHL caliber gamer as close to it as he can get at this exact moment because he's been one of the most uh, impressive defensemen uh, through the preseason so far for me, for the Habs prospects anyways.
1: I agree. I just want to go back to Sean Monahan for a second. There's a reason why despite his age and despite his injury history, Habs fans constantly in our mailbag ask if he'll come back next year as well, or if there's a possibility that the Canadians can keep him on longer. He said a very, good, very team-favorable deal, uh, I think partly because of the the potential and the risk for injury. But the times that he did play, people loved him. It's because he knew exactly what he was supposed to do and he brought exactly that. He was so versatile. He was so useful. Um, and he really elevated his line mates, which is, I know we're going to talk again about this in the second segment with with the Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki line, but Sean Monahan is the kind of player who understands in terms of like, sense like what he's supposed to do and that is an underrated skill like that is something that some players never ever learn that's something that we're actually hoping that logan mayu learns right like the ability to understand what decisions to make at what times like that's something and the timing of them as well and we know sean Man- monaghan is not as fast as he used to be um and all of that but i just find that I'm so excited to see him again, right? Like, it's like a welcome new face. It's it's when we see all the players we love return. Um, I'm also very, very curious about Jaden Struble. I think Jaden Struble is one of those guys that when we're talking about, you know, size and, and physicality and build and all of that, like, that's the kind of player that Habs fans should love. And I... For one, I'm excited to see what he brings. I don't have as much um, knowledge of him as you do, Scott, because you followed him a lot closer than I have. You've also, like, Habs eyes and the price has done a lot of extensive work on him. Um, I'm just, I'm just excited to see just what he's about. Um, and so, to me, those are the things I want to see. I don't want to see decapitating. I don't want to see unnecessary, you know, punches to the face or anything like that. It's Ottawa. Like, please do not waste your health. On the Ottawa Senators.
0: And I I realize I've forgotten a, a prospect here who I know has stepped up a lot. I haven't I didn't mention William Trudeau uh in this preview a little bit here. And he's someone that I think should get time tomorrow. I think you could see he and Struble playing tomorrow. Maybe they'll play David Reinbacher again. And they paired up Trudeau and Reinbacher uh during the rookie showcase, and they were very good together there. There's a lot of opportunity, it's a it's a proving game here. I want to prove that you guys cannot be stupid. Above all else, you know Florian Jacki is already back in junior, which is a good thing. Arbor played the other night. Pizzetta played the other night. There's not a lot of guys who are going to go out there and have that kind of switch that just flicks the wrong way. A lot of guys on this team will defend their teammates, but there's not a lot of guys who will just go out of their way. I, I like you said, get out of this healthy. You still have after this four more preseason games, including three more against Toronto. Stay healthy. The preseason doesn't matter at the end of the day. Just, you know, work on building those good habits. That's what I want to see from the first game here is that the Canadians were kind of out of sync except for a few people who played together last year or young prospects who kind of just got that synergy going here. I want to see just more of the process the right way because the numbers weren't good. We didn't dive into that. There's no reason to. It's preseason hockey. We should expect more even in the preseason of the team. We don't need them to win every game, but show us that there is a system and a process to what's going on here. And I'm just excited to see some of these prospects again in this because it's an NHL game. It's a different pace. These are not your teammates. This is not a rookie showcase where some people are going to ease up on things. They're going to go at you. It is a game situation, and I'm very excited to see what's going to come of that. But the big question going into this game and into the regular season Who's going to play with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield? We have our thoughts, we have our ideas, and we'll get into all that coming up in our next segment. But first, if you've ever, you know, just needed something last minute, you forget something at the grocery store, your coffee creamer, your energy drinks, anything like that, you need something last minute, DoorDash is going to be here for you. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers to With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best one in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or DoorDash will make that right. So sit back, enjoy the quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. And if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favors with a $0 delivery free on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions in app and best in class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. And you can get 50% off. Your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKED at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20. No minimum subtotal. Zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. In the App Store, enter code LOCKED. And don't forget, that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. We are back here at Locked on Canadians. And Laura, the people want to know, is a hot dog a sandwich?
1: Uh no. yes,
0: it is. It, it oh, is, come on. It, no, it is a sandwich, but you know. So, no, people don't want to know if a hot dog is a sandwich. I mean, <laughs> yes, but no, but we're past that debate in this time. People want to know who's gonna play with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki in this Canadians lineup, not only in the senators game, but in general. Here, we saw Josh Anderson last year, we saw Kirby Doc last year, we saw Raphael Harvey Bernard. we saw anybody who was healthy, I'm pretty sure at some point played with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. And I should go look at hockey.
1: If you played on the line with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield last year,
0: (laughs) I mean, I was in the same building at one point. So I guess it counts. (laughs) I think like, and (laughs) my first thought is for a preseason game, I don't want to see Kirby doc on that line. I know the line works and we love that trio of players. We really do. They were very good together. I want to see Kirby doc on that. In that two C role, right behind them, to give them an actual multifaceted offensive punch in this preseason game. Yes, Monahan. Yes, you have new hook who can play center. Yes, Christian Devork will be back. Yes, there's Jake Evans at some point in this game. I do not want to see Kirby Doc on that top line unless they are going for to you know close the game out or looking to score a goal with an extra attacker. Then I will allow it. My thought for this game: Josh Anderson is not playing. Jesse Olenin is not playing as far as I can tell. We do not know. We are not in the future, sort of.
1: That's the thing that I was worried about because I wanted to know if they would play Slavkovsky again.
0: I that And that was actually going to be my point is I would like it if they did. I, I really do. It's not that I want to wear out Slavkovsky. It's just I want to get him to shake that rust as soon as possible so he gets into his rhythm here. Uh, towards the end of the devil's game, he was looking more and more comfortable and in getting into the rhythm. And I'm going to make a football analogy here because that's what I do. Jordan love is the Packers quarterback. Now after Aaron Rodgers left Jordan love in some games takes time. His first couple series, there aren't great. There's some rust. You see the ideas, but he's overthrowing under throwing, or it's just not working out. And then when he gets going, there's a rhythm with his receivers. It's quick. It's precise. Slavkovsky is like that car that you're waiting to warm up a little bit in the winter. And I would love to see him on that line if they play him again tomorrow night. I could understand if they don't want to because long preseason, coming off a layoff, etc. I also wouldn't be opposed to his Slovak teammate, Filip Machar, who I think will probably play third line minutes there tonight in a more of an ex- exploitation role. But they have the skill to make things happen there. And I think that's really crucial and key for everything there is can they find something there out of everyone that we've named though I think Rafael Harvey Pinard is going to end up on the top line for tomorrow night's game or tonight's game I guess when you're listening to this it just makes too much sense he worked really well with Nick Suzuki last year he worked really well with every line he played on last year and if that's the case that it works and it works for the regular season it's found money. Who cares that he was like a seventh round draft pick? You know, if it is working, just keep going with it at that point.
1: I think the difference is going to be whether we're talking this season or we're talking future lineups, because, you know, we've talked about how it should be soft. there in the long run. If he pans out, if you're assuming that that's the first line, like your first line is Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki and X person. I want to see him play in the game against Ottawa, because like you said, he was rusty in the first game. I like that they put him on the first line, um, to start that devil's game. Like the quote unquote, you, you're supposed to be a first line winger, but I want to see him play with Nick Suzuki because I feel like it'll help build his confidence. And Nick Suzuki's a really smart player. It'll help with, with his, um, his reads, I'm gonna say not to sound like Martin Saint Louis. Martin Saint Louis talks about reads and touches, and then soon we're gonna be, be like listening to him talk about hears and feels too. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, I I think I think there's a point, right? Like I, I want him to be able to read the game in a way that can keep up with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. And how are you gonna do that if you don't get to be be allowed to be put in those situations? So in the game itself, I really want to see him there. Overall, I'm not opposed to Raphael Harvey Pinard being there right now, but as many of our listeners have pointed out in, in mailbags, like there needs to be a little bit more size on that line in the long run. Like neither of Nick Suzuki or Cole Caulfield are large bodies. And you need to, obviously you do not sacrifice skill for size. That is never what I'm saying. And I never would advocate for that. You need someone with skill and size there. So in the long run, I don't think Rafael Harvey Pinard should be there, even though he's proven that he can keep up with them and he's proven that he can be productive with those two players. I just think longer term, we need to be looking at a bigger skilled body.
0: And the thing about that is I get, you know, why they put Josh Anderson in that role or why we want to see Uri Slefkovsky in that role. And you're not wrong in your assertion that, you know, those three guys, it is not a large line. And my my rebuttal is, I don't, I've never been. I've stopped caring about size after I watched like David DeHarnay and Brian Gianta just torture uh, Zdeno Chara in the playoffs. Sometimes it just you know it it doesn't always need to be that. Would it be nice if we had a big skilled winger like you know a fully fledged Yuri Slavkovsky on that line? Yes, but also I look in the current reality of he is not if he is not at that point yet, trying to jam him into that role where it's like you're a first line winger, you're a first line winger and he isn't quite there yet is going to hamper his development in a way that they don't want. And if they are supposedly being smart and being, you know, taking care of this in a way that needs to be done, trying to just hammer him into that role over and over again. Yeah. Yes. It looks like you're driving the bus though, when you're doing this, I'm not going to lie. For those of you who aren't watching the YouTube video, Laura is mimicking me making punching motions, but she looks like she's doing the bus driver dance over here. Uh, if you keep hammering him into that spot there, it's not always going to work in a way. And right now the Canadians need stability. You got to build on something stable and it doesn't get more stable than a guy like Rafael Harvey Pinard, who just scores goals at every level that he's in. I, if they're going to go for risk and like the preseason is just all experimental hippie phase stuff, go for it. But in the regular season, if it's not working, that switch needs to flip and go, let's stabilize this and build other lines here. We know Sean Monaghan can be a good third line center, even a second line winger when called upon. We know that Rafael Harvey-Penard can play in the top six. We know that there's some guys that are better in exploitation roles. We know David Savard can't play 37 minutes a night anymore or ever. Now is the time to be creative, so I will agree with that. But in the regular season, if Slavkovsky isn't working in that role or hasn't earned that role... Put the stable piece in there a little bit. And speaking of the regular season, it is a new era in Ottawa and Montreal is embarking on their own, I guess, semi-new era in the last two years here. We're going to debate the bottom of the Atlantic. Who's going to make the playoffs? Who isn't? All that's coming up next. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. Remember to follow us on Twitter at at LO underscore Canadians. Follow Laura at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. We'll be recording after the game tomorrow night. So we'll have your recap. We'll have your, you know, your shining stars and your, um, uh, whatever the opposite of a shining star, black holes, um, exploding suns. I, I... I don't know Somebody what the opposite who
1: knows about astronomy. Tell us, please. <laughs>
0: Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tell me what I'm talking about, but in a way that isn't rude and mean anyways, the Ottawa senators finally have a new owner, which I didn't know that this deal hadn't been finalized up until like a week ago when people were like, Oh, the Ottawa senators purchased by Michael and should be approved and finalized. And I'm like, I thought it was done already.
1: I because, thought it was a done like, deal
0: too. The funniest thing in the world here. And I am glad for like the few senators fans who don't want to like, beat me up in the street that you might have an owner who isn't a total scuzz and will take care of your organization i'm frustrated because bad good ownership for a team is frustrating as a rival of that but the funniest possible thing that could have happened was something went wrong and they couldn't actually finalize the sale of the team and this just repeated all over again and i think that's the funniest possible thing that could have possibly happened also, apparently, Peter Chiarelli is joining the organization in some way, if I remember correctly, which is just... You
1: remember correctly, which is hilarious.
0: So, sure, I guess. Like, I I won't... I don't understand why or how or why they were doing that, but they are not my team. Laura, you had an idea for our final segment on the show here as we kind of focused on the habs and sends, renewing the rivalry, as we're going to call it now, Um so what tell our listeners, what was your thought for the final part of the show here?
1: So we thought, it, like, we, we do this periodically depending on, you know, how lineups change. Sorry, no, when I say lineups, sorry, how rosters change after trades, after I think, you know, new ownership is a significant change for the Ottawa Senators, after, you know, a front office changes, a coach changes, players change, things like that. Uh, we like to revisit uh, how the Atlantic Division is going to look. And for me, like from my perspective, I don't think that the Montreal Canadiens are going to be even close to sniffing a playoff spot um, unless, you know, uh, something major changes or some some luck, you know, some luck thing happens because there are too many teams that are ahead of them. And Montreal really needs to focus on the rebuilding part, not the contending part. They need to finish the rebuild or get into, get far enough in the rebuild before they start talking about contending, right? So I don't think Montreal is going to be... uh, um, a possibility for making the playoffs i don't know if they're definitely going to be at the bottom of the standings but it's not out of the realm of possibility and we shouldn't be too upset about that because as we know they're still in year two of the rebuild yeah it's like like, it's it's been one and a half years it hasn't been two full years so like i don't
0: expect the canadians to sniff a playoff spot i just want them to be more competitive than like they were down the stretch last year i don't think anyone in a you know in a you know, sane, level-headed frame of mind is like, yes, I want the Canadians to make the playoffs this year. We don't know who the starting goalie is. We don't, we have like three defensemen over the age of 25, like on the roster right now. It It's going to be another bumpy, painful year. There's going to be learning be difficulties. going to be some ups,
1: though. And yes. That's the thing. And that's really key.
0: That is the goal here, is that you don't want to stay down for too long. You want to start building up bit. We've seen it with, and I can't believe I'm using the Sabres as that group, but it makes the most sense is that pain, 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 pain. Oh, okay, pain. Oh, okay, pain. Oh, almost in the playoffs, pain, playoffs. And, you know, that's just how Buffalo sports work anyways, as you can tell here. But I want to see them build on that. And the thing with Ottawa is Ottawa is a team that is going for it. Like, they are absolutely going for it. They've brought in veterans. They've spent to the cap. They've spent over the cap, I believe, for, like, the first time ever. They're going for it right now. It's just I'm not a 100% sold on them definitely being a playoff team because I don't trust the goaltending still. Yeah, they went out and spent a bunch of money on Eunice Corbusalo. Okay. Is it the right time to
1: do that, though, is the question
0: they have a window there with Claude Giroux. Uh, some of the other players, they signed Jacob or traded for oh, no, Jacob. No, no. I didn't mean
1: in their window. I meant it in, in Corpus career.
0: Yeah. I, he's what 30 now. I think I'm not hundred percent sure. And it's like, they're a team that. So yeah, like it's, it's trusting a lot. And I think their backup is Anton Forsberg or I, they, it's not Gustafson. I think they traded him. It's, they're betting on that and i just don't know if dj smith is the guy and yes i know we put a lot of faith in an un- completely unproven coach in mark ten saying we and the cadets are still not good it's just i between ottawa and detroit it is two teams who are like you should be you should be threatening more than this right now i think buffalo is going to make the playoffs boston is a wild card florida is a wild card there are two there are two teams that I would consider a lock in the Canadians division to make the playoffs. And that's Tampa and that's Toronto. And that pains me to say that I think Buffalo, oh, is gonna... right. and I think Buffalo will surpass them. They're scary. Good. And they have more prospects coming. Florida is a, and as a complete wild card, they're missing their top defenseman. Matthew Kachuk literally played like half put together. What is their goaltending look like? The Bruins are coming off the best year in NHL history and got bounced in the first round lost Patrice Bergeron, lost David Krejci. Can they repeat the goaltending again? There is a very, it's not a small window, but the the tide is going to shift in the Atlantic here. And eventually Montreal, when that tide is shifting, needs to make sure that they don't get piled on by everybody else coming down that hill there. Ottawa's trying to avoid that right now. And they're in a very narrow window to make things happen because I don't think their prospect pool is insanely deep to make up all these things here. And right. I I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but they're they're in that Sabers pesky position that they got to go for it. Now they've spent too much to not make the playoffs at this
1: point. Absolutely, and I think it's it's worth noting. Like I think Tarasenko is worth talking about. I forgot he was
0: a senator. I'm going to be real honest with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's understandable. It's just like for me, the question was why didn't all why didn't all of the teams that he was rumored to be joining not want to touch him in the end like vladimir tarasenko's past like the potential that was there the skill that was there the excitingness that was there that's not a word but i made it up anyway uh but i used it anyway it's why didn't anybody want him
0: well there was a weird there was that weird deal that's like he's going to carolina and then no one knows like it's I'll never understand it. And the thing is, Ottawa did good. If he is the guy that he can be, okay, you have most of your Alex DeBrinket replacement because we know debrinket has got 40-goal talent legitimately. I and that's
1: the thing. And you have to remember that now he's in Detroit. So yeah. So that also they, tips the scales in Detroit's favor.
0: And that's the thing is, Detroit is also a team that should be better than they are. But I think Montreal is going to be at the bottom, which not a surprise but I can see a lot of teams in this division just not having it together, whether it be depth or health or goaltending. Or luck. Or luck. And that's the biggest thing is luck. I mean, the Canadians went to a Stanley Cup final and they barely made the playoffs in 2021. Sometimes that's what it is. I do think Ottawa but very likely... They
1: barely made yeah, the playoffs and they went all the way to the Stanley Cup On finals. the
0: back of Alex Lyon of every possible goaltender. <laughs> the, the middle meat of the Atlantic division is going to be just a bloodbath. And in a couple of years, Florida will probably still be a decent team. Tampa has good management. Detroit is, should be better than this. Buffalo is going to be stacked. Boston's always annoying. The Atlantic's going to be a bloodbath in the years to come here. And Montreal needs to get themselves into a position to not be in the Senator spot there where it's, well, we're good, but we're definitely not good enough to beat everyone in the division regularly. It becomes frustrating. and You're stuck in this just, You're stuck in this box of, well, unless you can go on a heater, like a ridiculous heater, you don't have a prayer of going forward here. So it'll be interesting to see if the Canadians can avoid the trappings of that. I think Ottawa will be annoying this year. I do not know if they are a playoff team or not. And, of course, it is preseason game two for us, three for them. Everything can change before anyone clips this and is like, well, you said they weren't going to make that. I get things wrong a lot and then I eat gross things. This is not new. It's part of the show's charm. I promise you, uh, but we will be live, not live, but we will be recording after the show tomorrow night. We will have all your reactions on that. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube for the video and the premiere at midnight. Make sure you're following us on wherever you get your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify. If you want to listen first thing in the morning. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Follow Laura at The Active Stick. And you can follow myself at Scott Madla. I am back at clipping highlights and everything for hockey season. So uh, please yell at me there, I guess. And if you have early mailbag questions, you can send them at LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. We appreciate that. allows us to get that last episode of the week primed and ready for all of y'all for Friday listening. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And we will see you all next time.